Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello, friends. Welcome to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong, and this is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Calico the Band. When people think of the home of country music, they tend to think of Nashville or maybe Texas or even anywhere a weepy pedal steel guitar crackles out of the radio of a pickup truck on any of America's endless dirt and gravel backroads. But way over the horizon, past where the sun sets over red clay and sagebrush, California has long served as a key western outpost for Sturm and Twang. Beatified saints of country music like Woody Guthrie and Graham Parsons earned their bona fides in California, and latter-day legends like Buck Owens, Merle Haggard, and Dwight Yoakam made damn sure that Southern California was more than a whistle-stop on the country map. The new Los Angeles band comprised of the already-established musicians Kirsten Prophet, Mando Mosier, and Aubrey Richmond gave themselves some big boots to fill when they named their new trio Calico the Band, a portmanteau of California and country. The thing is, the women of Calico the Band are far more than just pretty faces in scully shirts. All three are accomplished writers, singers, and instrumentalists, and they approach Calico the Band as a true collective, with each member checking their ego and bringing exactly what is necessary to serve their songs. Eagles and CSN-style harmonies abound, and lead vocal duties are shared, sometimes within the same song. Their brand new album, Rancho California, is a sort of treatise on how to do modern country right, with one foot tapping to a traditional two-step and the other pulling the genre forward into a world where a band comprised of three talented women isn't a gimmick. In Calico the Band, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and these women are exceptional parts. Welcome to Independence Day, Calico the Band. Hello. Hi. How are you? We're fabulous. Great. Yeah, collectively. Excellent. Welcome. Welcome to Independence Day. So happy Thank to have you. you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, and it is a very busy schedule. You guys are busy on the road. Mm-hmm. you got a brand new album dropped just yesterday. You're playing a CD release party the day after tomorrow at the Hotel Cafe here in California, here in Los Angeles. You guys are so busy. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> work, work, work. Work, work, work. <laughs> yeah, let's introduce everyone. Let's introduce everyone so people can uh, check. People who are playing along at home can check their baseball cards and see what's going on. Okay. We have on my left, this is Amanda Mosier. Say hello, Amanda. Hi. And in the middle, we have Aubrey. Say hello, Aubrey. Hello there. Aubrey Richmond, actually. And then, of course, Kirsten Prophet. Say hello, Kirsten. Hi. So you are a trio. This is the whole of the band, right? Mm-hmm. There are. Do you ever play with ancillary members? Oh, when yes. You play? So you, it's, mm-hmm. is it kind of, you add, what would you add next? A rhythm section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, upright Definitely. bass and drums. And then okay. we also have a good friend, JC, who will play pedal steel and mandolin with us. Okay. And then what determines whether or not you have more than just the three of you or when it's just the three of you? Is it more of a local thing because there are more people here? So many factors. <laughs> honest, yeah. Do you want yeah. the honest answer yeah. for that one? Money. <laughs> money. money. The road. Yeah. The road. Yeah, yeah. No, it depends on, it really depends on where we're playing. If we're here in the Los Angeles area or, you know, within a day's drive or something like that, we like to bring our band with us and our players with us or... Yeah, it just it, it really depends. We love playing with the band, but we're also really happy to play with the three of us too. And when we do our longer tours, it's it's usually us as a three piece. Yeah. And let's talk just a little bit about naming the band. It's something we discussed a little bit while we were setting up today. Because, you know, we may we were kind of joking around. There's a, a gun, 
This is news to me that's called Calico because the differentiation for you is that you are Calico the band. Yes. We're you know, Calico the band. As opposed to Calico the automatic weapon or <laughs> Calico <laughs> yes, the, cat the cat or whatever. Yes. Right. So, but it's not, it's not just Calico after a cat, right? It's, it's, a, it's a word that's combined from two different words. Tell me about that. California country. Ah, uh, yes. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. And it's, it, it is, it, it's sort of, you know, it's a ghost town in California. It's also a fabric. A pattern. Yes, it's a fabric, uh-huh. actually. Mm-hmm. A, a tri-colored pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, a calico cat has three colors, kind of like we are. We're very colorful. And um, also, we did have a cat that sort of showed up in our lives yeah. right at the same time we were naming the band. So it just worked out perfectly. Yeah. But it just had this sort of, you know, old California feeling, like California company or California. And we just settled on it because it was like California country. Feels nostalgic. Yeah, there's a very rich tradition of, you know, country music. When people think of country music, they think primarily of Nashville, at least that in the, in the big scheme of things. And then people sometimes think of Texas. There's a whole circuit of musicians that can make right? a living mm-hmm. professionally just in Texas. Yep. But there's a very, very big and healthy country scene that's been going on in Southern California for a very long time. You know, Buck Owens was in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Graham Parsons was based in Los Angeles and then out in Joshua Tree. So it's, mm-hmm. there's a rich tradition here. So you're tapping into that. You know, you're, you're part of a rich tradition, part of a long tradition. Let's play a little bit of something. You've got this brand new record. It's just dropped yesterday. People can pick this up. Is this in stores? Is this everywhere? It's on the it internet? Is. Where is it? It, it? We have distribution in record stores. Okay. So we have a major distribution uh, deal for, for this record. So yeah, it should be, in, should be in your local record store. You can also get it at Amazon. Com yeah, all the usual all the, places. Yeah. And you, yeah, do you sell iTunes. through the website too? We... Through our own website, we'll sell special packages like autographed copies. So if you want something yeah. a little different, and then we sell them at our shows yeah. too. That's so, a big deal, yeah. the special package thing. You know, as, yeah. the, as the CD, as a format, has become kind of antiquated and archaic. It's uh, a collector's item. It's, yeah, it becomes, <laughs> well, people are doing that more. You know, I, I have like some friends who are musicians. Like any anytime they make physical product, they make the whole product themselves. Because you know, most of the lion's share of what they sell is a download. Right, but yeah. then if, they, if they're going to sell a physical product, they'll literally sit in their backyard, and they're all artists too, so they'll just sit and they'll, whether make it's a vinyl you know, package or a CD package, and they'll make them themselves. They'll have the CDs burned you know, professionally, right. and then they'll just make the packages themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, cool. it's a cool way to go about that. So the record is called Rancho California. The band is Calico, the band, made up of three extremely talented and lovely ladies. We will talk with them some more in a minute. This is the track High Road from Calico, the band. Wheels come screaming down 2,000 miles of rain 
You are listening to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. I am sitting here with Manda, Aubrey, and Kirsten from Calico the Band. Very, very happy to have them here. We've got a brand new record drops just yesterday, or dropped just yesterday, I should say, called Rancho California. And it's really, really good. It's even has a Dylan cover, which it if they're sure nice, is. maybe they'll be nice enough to play that for us a little bit later. Uh, now, you, you, the record's coming out on CD, of course, digital download, that kind of thing, too. Is there vinyl in the works? Yes, this is Manda here. Yeah, we we just felt like you. I don't know, like it, like it's there's something wrong about releasing a record with not, <laughs> without actually making yeah. a record, you know, <laughs> vinyl. So, um, so this is our first opportunity, at least my I think all of our first opportunity to have a, a vinyl yeah. release. Yes, which it is. We're so excited about, and um, we're having them pressed at United record pressing plant in Nashville, which does all of Jack White's, you know, material. So we just got the references back and then vinyl takes longer. Yeah. It's a big deal. That'll be about six weeks, you know, later. Yeah. There's only, I was just reading a big article about this. I think there are, is there, are there three plants now? That's what I've heard too. That are doing all the vinyl Mm -hmm. nationwide in America is being made at one of three places. We also have rainbow. We have rainbow here here in California. California, which has a long history. And yeah. There's one in Canada too. Yeah. Like I love, um, I love the romance of vinyl. Like we mentioned before, like CDs are kind of the sales of actual physical CDs are plummeting. But when people, people who are into vinyl are people who are probably really into music. If yes, they're, they are. if they're going through the trouble of, of keeping a, a turntable in their house and keeping and maintaining a vinyl collection, because you know, CDs are fairly durable. Right. But vinyl, you've got to baby them with the white gloves and the needle and the cleaning <laughs> thing and the new and the fancy stuff, you know. Absolutely. I, I love it. I love when stuff comes out on vinyl. But now here's an inside uh, in for, uh, musician question. Did you record the album digitally and then take it to vinyl? Because that's something a lot well, of people are okay. doing now. We did record it digitally because, you know, it's so easy to record digitally. But we have lots of analog outboard gear. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a blend. It's a blend. Yeah. We did one of the songs, for example, we went to a studio um the song dead reckoning which was uh done produced by rami jaffe that one we From did record to yeah exactly we we recorded that to tape the basic tracks and then put it on pro tools so you know we did a, like a little mix and then like i said the other studio where we did all of the rest of the recording the fitting room studios our um, friend and producer steve burns we did it all digitally, but there's lots of outboard gear, all those beautiful um, compressors and everything. And that's something that you'll find a lot nowadays. Is we're in a world where there's still a lot of really great analog gear hanging around because right. that's the way music's been made since it since recording technology was invented. So you'll find people doing a hybridized thing. I mean, even when you say digital, I mean, I'm not using the term in a pejorative sense. Right. It's not saying that digi- digital is inherently it's bad, bad. <laughs> because I mean, almost everyone's record. Almost everyone's record is being recorded digitally. But the difference now in 2014 is that when you can record a record on digital, the technology is kind of catching up where the bit depth the, and, the, and the, the sample rates are high enough that you take it. You know, I've talked to a lot of heavy hitting engineers when they take those stuff to vinyl and it sounds really nice. Right. Yeah. So you do this kind of hybridized thing and you kind of have a foot in the future and a foot in the past and Absolutely. you do, do the best, best you can with what you've got. So let's talk just a little bit about you know, why this band and why now? All three of you had careers as musicians completely on your own, doing your own thing with your own management, your own albums, your own songs, your own tours. What made you decide, or whose idea was it? Maybe let's start there. Whose idea was it to start something like this? 
Well, I do have to say, this is Kirsten. I had an evil plan. <laughs> and um, I didn't know if it was really going to happen, but I did meet Manda and she and I did a show together and I liked her so much and I, I loved her, her. I saw her with her live band, this great big band that she played with and she was like this cool female version of Tom Petty mm -hmm. rocking her guitar and her dobro and her harmonica. And, and I was like, oh man, that would be really fun to play with her. Anyway, we did a show together and then we just got to talking and we talked about being Lone Rangers. We wrote a song together and, um, I remember thinking, God, I want this to be a band so bad. And we recorded the song, and I didn't want to invade on anybody's life and go, can we please make a band? But then she just said, right as we're listening to the, um, the demo of the song, she just like in her quiet way said, well, we should come up with a band name. And I was like, yes. So <laughs> Jedi mind tricks are yeah. what you use on her. <laughs> you, you, you tricked her into doing it. I know. Because that's a big thing, you know, when you've, when you've got a career that's been developed. I mean, I've got another friend who did the same thing. He'd been playing the folk circuit for 15 years and was doing fairly well at it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, aside from the fact that it's a, a complicating thing when you've got a career going on your own, uh, you know, it's, it's a complicating thing because it's an ego check. Right. You know, because when you're used to being, like you said before, I'll use your words, the Lone Ranger, when you're the boss, when you're the person in the spotlight at center stage with your foot propped up on the monitor, you know, that's, you know, that's, you're the boss, you're the thing. So when you do this, you, when you start a band with other people, you have to kind of, you have to check that ego oh, yeah. and you have to give up some control. So was it something that you, you know, this is the two of you now. So it's Kirsten and Manda, the two of you. Did you have to, did, was there a checkpoint where you were like, okay, now I have to give up some control. Was that scary? Was that fun, invigorating, exciting, or all of the above maybe? Uh, this is Manda speaking and I, you know... I had just, it was an interesting period in my solo career because I was just starting to make a new record, but I had this general feeling of, of uh, I was tired of promoting myself in my own name all the time, every day, wake up in the morning, spout me, 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 until you go to bed the next day, yeah. me, 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 me. And I loved the music, you know, that I was doing and it felt great about that part of it, but I just I was like, man, it'd be nice to really work on something that isn't just all about me all yeah. the time. You know, I had, I had finally kind of gotten to that point. Maybe I grew in some yeah. ways, but I was still ready to charge ahead and keep doing it. But I just something in the back of my mind wanted something that was bigger yeah. than just me as a solo person. So when this opportunity came, I just was like, all right, this is the next adventure. I'm gonna yeah. jump. I'm gonna <laughs> jump on this, and and I, you know, I hadn't been in a band since I, you know, since I was yeah. 14. Every group I'd been in since then was the Manda Mosier Band. You know, it was yeah. always my project. So it seems like it came at the new. right time then. It did. It was. Saying. It's timing. It yeah. can be, you know, that's the thing. We, you know, as, as artists and musicians, we find inspiration in myriad places. But sometimes we get caught in our little art, artistic rut. We're doing what we're doing, you know. And that's why, even though I'm not the biggest David Bowie fan in the world, he's a classic example of someone who was relentless mm -hmm. about making himself change what he Absolutely. was doing. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, the, that's a funny thing, though, because when you think about him, there's a Tom Petty poster in the back of my dining room staring I between the two of your that. heads right now. <laughs> he's one of my favorites, right? Yes. And he's a guy... He hasn't changed that much, right. which is kind of the counter to that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Tom Petty in some ways is like 
the center of a musical galaxy and the rest <laughs> of the stars just kind of rotate around him because he's been he's changed a little bit here and there mojo was a little bluesier and the mm-hmm. the jeff lynn years were a little poppier yeah um but everyone else seems to rotate around what he's doing so i guess there's two ways to go about it you like you just stay stalwart and do what you do or you do the Bowie thing and you're a chameleon and every single thing is different. But it sounds, regardless, in your case, it seems like it was something that needed to happen. I think it was. All right. So how about some live music? You've got a lot of instruments here. Let's hear some of these things. What's this first song going to be? This is going to be San Andreas Shake. San Andreas Shake. And this is on yes. the new record, correct? It sure is. All right. Fantastic. So very, very happy to have all three of these women here in the Independence Day studios. They are collectively Calico, the band. This is the song San Andreas Shake. One, two. One, two, three, four. Thursday, West Seattle caught up in the rain. Friday, cheap tequila, nothing feels the same. Should have seen bad weather coming from the grass in the street. Wagon wheels are burn One more sweet disaster Everywhere I turn Earthquake shadows All the way to San Joaquin Now I'm ready to shake You better It's gone, 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 and it's 
Nice ladies, that is Calico the Band. You can find out everything you need to know about them at calicotheband.com. But they are all over the internet. They've got facebook.com slash calico the band official, which of course sounds very official. You can follow them on Twitter at Calico the Band, and they've each got their own websites under their names as well, should you desire to figure out what they're about. So let me ask you this now that you've got this band, I mean, this is a funny time to ask this question with the new album that just dropped yesterday, the, the, the CD release party, the you know, day after tomorrow. You're about to take off on a tour right after that. What happens to your individual careers at this point? This is our individual <laughs> career yeah. right now. I mean, you can't do everything, you know, you, you can only concentrate on so many things at once and this just has so much potential and it brings people so much joy that it's just you know it's it's a beautiful thing I mean you know you can kind of you have to keep creating whatever's inside of you but at the same time this deserves our full attention yeah so but when forming this you know, did instrumentation matter of the people that were in the band? Because, you know, you just don't want, like, Indigo Girls had, like, the two girls, women, I should say. I guess they were girls at the time. They started very young. They, they played guitar and sang. So they were essentially just two versions of, this, like, kind of the same thing. You guys, uh, as I understand it, you switch instruments kind of a lot. But you must each have a primary instrument. Was that a consideration when picking people to be in the band? Well, anyone anyone Bueller? No, it's, it's just it. finding the it's finding the right match i mean we have the instrumentation and vocals so, so so a member has to be you know strong vocalist good at harmonies uh, a great songwriter because we're all yeah. we're all in writing together and creating this material and and then aubrey we we found kind of early, early on in the in the formation of the band, and we were really curious about her. We thought she was an incredible instrumentalist, and and then I had some opportunities to see her singing as well. I was like, wow, she's got a great voice, and she's a great violin player, and and uh, so we were fortunate enough to have her, you know sit in on a couple shows with us in the beginning and then as time came around she joined as yeah. a full-time so aubrey flip it around then you know they approach yeah. you and you've got your own career going on you know how what was it from your experience from your perspective well it was really interesting actually for lack of a better word um because i've mostly been doing i've had a kind of a professional career as a sideman for the last seven years um playing with a lot of different artists and bands and occasionally co-fronting a project, started my own thing, but that doing my own thing was never truly where my heart was at because so much of the joy I get for music comes from the energy of working with others and creating with others and sharing all of that, the responsibility. So, you know, I tried a few different things that didn't work and I was on the lookout. Like I kept reaching out to the talented people in my world that I'd go, man, it would be so great to be in a band with that person. And if I could just get these people together, but um, everyone was so into doing their own thing yeah. and it was really hard to get any excitement to um, try to put the next kind of Stones meets Fleetwood Mac meets Tom Petty together. I just, you know, I was so excited about that kind of like, like everyone has that dream band, but just gives up. So when a mutual friend introduced me to the gals, they, it was like Nam 
Right. Two mm-hmm. years ago, National Association of Music, music Merchants, Merchants, which is the big. Uh, I'm, we get sometimes <laughs> wow. I have to like translate for people <laughs> yeah. who aren't musicians, right? Because they don't know. You know, it's like, like they think, what? "Well, it's Nam." Like, like, "Oh man, I had a hell of a time in Nam." Every time I hear a helicopter, I get the shakes. But, <laughs> right. uh, but no, seriously, like people don't know who aren't musicians. I mean, so many yeah. people who listen to the show are musicians, but some of them are not. So forgive right. my aside, please go there on. There was Aubrey. a time when I did not know what Nam meant either. Yeah. Just a lot of musicians hanging out. So. um yeah, I met them and heard what they were doing. And then I listened to their music and I just was kind of bummed out. I'm like, man, where was I when this band started? How have I never met them before? And yeah. this is perfect. This is what I've been looking for. And I just missed the boat, you know, it just went sailing away. But it was, <laughs> then I did get to play some shows with them, like at South by Southwest and in different things. And then it came around like over a year later that I was able to join and it was really serendipitous. I love that word, by the way. I don't use it often. It can be Well, you can't overuse the $5 words. Uh, like it's a, it's a, seriously, it's, it's expensive to do so. But it also, they, they have more impact when you, you save up a word. Like, I love the word deciduous. Ooh. I just love the way it wow. sounds. And, and how often can you use a word like that? Well, not very well, we often. We did just now. Well, I did just now, but it was out of context. Yeah, right. It was kind right. of standing on its own. But it like, uh, or my other, my other favorite, it's, it sounds like deciduous, is indigenous. Oh, right. Like to use the word That's indigenous. Like I have to save up, save it in my quiver. Like you only pull yeah. that arrow yeah. out when you really need Super it. Super califragilistic. You know? I think I'm indigenous. Yeah. To, LA. to Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an indigenous In as much as any white person is an indigenous to Northern America, anyway. Indigenous. Anyway, so uh, how about another song? We've got, we've got, like I said, oh. we've got a lot of instruments here. What's this next song going to be? I'm so excited to hear this music. What's this going to be? All right, well, this is Aubrey, and Manda sings this song, and you know the other gals wrote it together before I was here, but I remember listening to this song, and it was just one of my favorites from the beginning. Just it's resonated with my, my heart, and so this is Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold, Calico the Band, and Independence Day. ba 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 Welcome to Gold Rush Country. 
girls that's awesome i should say women like i don't know what the difference between girls and women is like is there a point do you prefer one or the other is there a preference i don't know that we should talk on the radio about when one becomes another there's different ways of determining yeah <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean this is a, in a light-hearted way but i mean i have a close friend who always refers to his girlfriend now his wife as a lady yeah. And yes. it, I always felt that it always sounded strange. Like, well, I'm going out with a lady. And when I yeah. picture in yes. my mind, I picture a lady. I picture like a librarian with the stockings kind of drooping <laughs> right. down. It draws a picture in you your know, mind. And a big giant purse that's full of tissues. Oh, and, like an old lady. And right. I'm not waiting gum. on a lady. I'm sorry. On, I'm not waiting on a lady. I'm just waiting. Yeah, on a friend. just waiting on a friend. Right. So I mean, I mean, it's it is what it is. But it's like, do you do you have a preference? Is there? I don't. Gals, no. gals. <laughs> they they call us. It's so funny when a guy comes up to you and says, "Okay, guys. Oh, I mean, I mean, girls. Yes, yeah. ladies. Hi, like, ma'am. It's okay, we can be guys. <laughs> yeah, unless well, it's in our in our vernacular in our society, like guys is is a thing. Like if you were from the south, you would say y'all. Y'all. You know, because y'all is kind of the catch-all for a plural group of people. Right. You know, but and people will use that in you know outside of the South as certain slang. But you know, you, I feel like you kind of have to own that. Like if you're going to do that, you got to go all the way. It's like a neck tattoo. If you're going to use y'all, <laughs> you got to be in. Right. You got to be in with the rest of that right. stuff. Anyway, I digress. Wow. Let's talk a little bit about division of labor. 
Oh. You know, because you've all got <laughs> careers. Work, work, and, work. You know, let's, I mean, first of all, mechanically speaking, because, you know, so much of running a band is scheduling rehearsals, it's booking tours, it's, uh, you know, aside from the artistic part. Like, but you guys have some management help? Correct? We do. Yeah. Okay. And that takes a load of that off. But there's got to be someone who's like the interface with that too, right? Is there like a point person who handles like social media or is someone paid to do that kind of thing? <laughs> Nobody, it's nobody's paid to do that. I like that, that laugh. <laughs> Man, that was a, that was, right. That was a really great laugh. You're so talking that. to our media team <laughs> right here. Okay. Yeah. No, we, we, we do divide responsibilities between ourselves. So I do a lot of uh, our, our social media sites and, and you know, oversee the photography and how our visual aspects are right. are presented. Um, and, but everything that we do is with input from each other. So you know, it's yeah. it's all approved. You know, nobody's so, going yeah. rogue or anything. <laughs> do you so, two ever show up and she goes, "Hey, you can't wear that dress." Is, <laughs> no, is there no. a moment like not, that or not? Not like you can't no. wear it, but we do consult. Well, go, what does this look like? Yeah, not good. We yeah. coordinate. We can work. Yeah. yeah, we consult. You know, visual aspects and pr- presentation. And then Kirsten is great at booking. She's amazing at it, you know, and we can, we'll, you know, Aubrey and I will have specific types of shows or things that we'll have leads on, but, but Kirsten's great at routing and booking. She's yeah. amazing. And it's I, a voodoo art. Oh God. It is. I didn't realize I was good at it, but thank you. Yeah, she's really good at <laughs> it. It's an essential skill. It's someone I have to do. Someone has to be good at that, otherwise you're dead you, in the water. You're, you're not right. playing any shows anywhere yeah. ever. Um, you know. But so now let's talk. Let's switch gears. How about creatively? You know, since each of you write, each of you perform, each of you sing, and then there's a thing that you guys. There we go. You guys, you girls, okay. ladies, yeah. women, yeah. ladies, <laughs> that you do where each person like in a song, and I love this because it's something the Eagles would do, something Crosby, Stills, and Nash would do, something the Beatles would do to a certain extent. You will kind of trade off lines, who's singing the lead in a single song. Right. You know, usually, you know, in a band, even in those bands I just mentioned, someone will take the lead, like Don Henley is singing the lead on this song. Right. And then the other people are singing harmony. And then the next song will be Randy Meisner. The next song will be Timothy B. Schmidt or whomever, right? Mm-hmm. So in this band, like, for example, Kirsten, if you bring a song to this band, are you thinking when you're writing for this band, okay, Aubrey's going to sing this line, Amanda's going to sing that line, I'm going to sing this line? Or, like, how does that happen? Is it organic? Well, it's funny because, you know, for example, the song Fool's Gold, uh, Amanda sings on. And I actually did bring that idea, but... And I, I, I could hear myself singing it f- just fine. But as soon as she opened her mouth and started singing it, it's, it was so perfect for her voice yeah. that it was like, well, she has to sing this. And then we all wrote it together. But I mean, it's just one of those things where you have to say, well, whose voice is going to be the best? And, and do you really want to break up every song into three pieces? Or for example, we have a song, um, Never Really Gone, which we'll, we do a three-part harmony vocal over the entire thing, CSN style. Right. So it's just a matter of what fits the song and what our voices can do, and it, we really try to listen to each other. Oh, my God. You listen to each other? <laughs> do. It's a female skill. Yeah. But some have. Yeah. Some well, it's a, it's, it's a musician thing, too. Well, you have to listen. People forget Team that, sport. I think. And it's nice that you do. I mean, you guys aren't terribly loud which allows for better listening. You know, when you start to get loud with like, when you have a back line of amps, like right. a lot of amps, mm-hmm. and a, a full drum set, you know, the, the hearing challenge becomes a different beast. Because I've played in both types of bands. 
And, you know, I, I, I like the fact that so much of music now seems to be being done in different spaces. You'll play house parties. You'll play backyard yeah. mm-hmm. events, you know, or the whole Oh Brother, Where Out thing that, or excuse me, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou thing that rolled through 10 or 15 years ago right. when it became in vogue to sing around one mic. Yeah. You know, which harkens back to a, a simpler age where there was only one mic. And right. now it's just mm-hmm. kind of an affectation that you do or, or a thing, you know, but it can make it it can make it better. It can make you more honest because you if you're True. singing and listening, you're all playing together. You have to do it properly. Mm-hmm, you know, absolutely. Pro Tools or whatever, those tricks can only take you so far. Yep. It's very true. Oh, and when you're talking about roles in the band, Kirsten is, all, she is a producer. She's a great mm-hmm. producer in the studio. So when we're making, we're making our recordings, uh, she's really heading, heading that. So the record is produced by Kirsten and uh, Steve Burns, you know, okay. except for the Rami track. So in yeah, the role she's of really producers, I'm sorry, it's also a voodoo art. Because you kind of have to like line up ducks. It's like a, producing the band, producing anything is uh, in terms of music is a very strange thing because sometimes it's kind of an iron fisted like, okay, that song's got to be an A or key that song up higher because your voice is going to sound better in that key. Or like going and working with a songwriter and saying, okay, that line is great, but I think it would be better if you switch these two verses or whatever. Like a producer's role can be very hands-on or very hands-off. T-Bone Burnett is legendary for being hands-off. Like he'll show up and say, you know, the, the band will work all day with the engineer and then he'll show up. I just remember hearing something with Counting Crows when they were doing their mm-hmm. first album. He would be working on six other projects. So he would show up at the end of the day, listen to what they would do or what they had done and go, uh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> or, or yeah, or that's really, really great. But there was a thing Adam Duritz was talking about how there was mm-hmm. a particular song where they'd yeah. been going all day and overdubbing and all these different things. And he showed up at the end of the day and be like, no, 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 take all that out. Take right. all that out. And if you listen to August and everything after their yeah. first album, it's Beautiful very elemental. Record. You know, the parts that need to be there are there. It's like a sculptor. You're taking away the mm-hmm. parts that don't need to be there off the rock, you know. Right. So, I mean, I, when you produce, I mean, if you does, how do you view it? Like, how do you approach it? Well, I mean, we all contribute to what we're, what's going to be in the song. Arrangement-wise, everybody is participating. So I'm not in charge of that or anything. But um, I just, the way that I like to look at it is... There's a space for everything, and if something is going to be played, it should be heard. It should have its time and its place, and it's whatever um, effect is going to be on it could be part of it, and it just needs to speak. All the parts need to speak, and they need to. We need to let things breathe enough so that those things stand out. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. She says. Uh, so, but you did work with a set of producers. You well, said Rami, Jeffy, a little bit, and then Rami. What's the other? Rami actually produced that track, that okay. Dead Reckoning track. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there was, was there another producer oh, as well? Steve Burns is actually Burns. it's okay. his studio. He's awesome. He and I are just sort of a team, and we love working together. Yeah, we pick fights with each other daily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, the the giving away of control, I think, as a musician or an artist, is a very delicate thing. You know, you know, seeding that to a producer, you know, can be scary for people because this is a song. You know, it's like your your lifeblood. It's something that's very very personal. You created it, and now you take it to a person who's gonna like kind of you know sand off the rough edges and then really polish up this part or slice away that part. Um, you know, but that's again, you're kind of used to doing that in the situation where there's three of you. So, I mean, has there ever been a time where someone brought a song in and the other two just said, nah, it's just not working? Was there a time, you know, or does, how, dem- how, how is it decided, I guess? How are things decided democratically? I mean, it's always going to be, you know, there's only a couple options here. There's three on, three off, two against one, <laughs> right, or right. one against three one, yeah. are the only options here. 
we just we want each other to be happy, you know, with what, what we're doing. What you're saying that you listen <laughs> and you want each other to be happy. Well, we can, we're, we're not we're not going to force anybody to to sing something they're not feeling great about or and even in the songwriting process like we were just writing yesterday that if if a line if a lyric line is going to stick everyone has to feel comfortable with yeah. that mm-hmm. no one can be like you know what that's cheesy that. that's cliche <laughs> i did that, that doesn't speak to me so so there's a filter for everything that's coming out that we all have to feel pretty good about okay. it um, and I don't think we get into too many situations where one person just hates something and the rest are like, yes. Yeah. I haven't seen that too much. No. But. If you're all in a band together, you like each other enough to spend time in a van together, which is kind of half, it's kind of half yeah, the battle that's part of it. for people. I mean, I've played with people in bands who maybe they weren't the absolute best musician at the, on that particular instrument, but they were the, the last person was a jerk. Right. Or or that other totally. three other people were people like or maybe they're not a jerk. Or maybe they're just I just not I don't want to ride around in the van with that guy right. like for six <laughs> months or a year or ten years. Or God you know, if God help you if you get a big hit single, then you've got to play that single with that guy or girl right. for the rest right. of your life. You know. So I mean I'm I'm glad to hear that there's kind of a harmonious I mean, it sounds like a dopey word to use in terms of a pun, but to harmonious like emotional relationship between right. the three of you. I think it's a cool thing. You'd need yeah, that. For the we most do. for the most part. I mean we do argue, but it's not horrible stuff, you know. Yeah, we we get through it. Argued yet? Well, really, it's life, and yeah. so we have to be happy. Yeah, you know, why do it if we're not happy with it? It would be yeah. miserable. Then well, we'd be deciduous. Yeah. <laughs> deciduous. <laughs> would you be deciduous? Off. Oh, that's funny, right? Yeah, like suppose. a tree, the leaves would fall off. Isn't that deciduous? Well, it's that's not. Deciduous. <laughs> that's deciduous. It's the type of tree. That's correct. It's the type of tree that loses its leaves. Right. It has, uh, it has leaves. But we're not, you know, it's not the survivor, basically. You're not coniferous. <laughs> no. Which is the other kind that does not lose the needles. <laughs> right. Anyway, it's a vocabulary lesson here, grammar lesson here tonight on Independence Day. I am talking with Calico the band. They are collectively Kirsten Prophet, Manda Mosier, Aubrey Richmond. So very, very happy to have them. You can learn about them at indepthday.com. That's my website. You can follow me at in-depth day you can learn about them at calico the follow them on twitter at calico the band let's talk a little bit about arranging vocals because this is a band that's very very centered on having three singers on a lot of things so i mean is, does someone have vocal training in arranging of these kinds of things because most musicians can just pick out the third and sing a third harmony over whatever you're right. doing but you're doing something a little more complicated than that someone referenced before crosby stills and nash um, whose job is that? Is something you do collectively? How, how does it happen organically? Is it a plan? Do you hear those in your head when you bring a song into the band? How does it happen in this band? Anybody want to well, go with that? I don't know. It's says Amanda. We, we, we just start out by just shooting it out there. You okay. know, we, when we're writing or anything, we just, we just open our mouths and whatever comes out, we listen to that first, does that work? If it doesn't work, we usually ask Kirsten why it doesn't work. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then, she, and then, and then she, she guides us. She's great with harmony. So it's, it, it just seems to be yeah. that. Well, and so much of it has to do with, um, yeah, like you said, like hearing it out there because, I mean, we were working on a harmony part for a new song in the car on tour and, you know, you you hear things in your head, but with three different voices, you just have to keep tweaking. Well, try going down to that note. Well, try jumping up to this one and, you know, working on, well, our separation or are we overlapping here and whose voice sounds better and what register? Like, there's just a lot of different yeah. factors, but you're not always maybe consciously thinking about them. They're just kind of yeah. in there. 
Okay. In your vocal. Are there rehearsals that are devoted specifically to working out vocal parts? As a matter of fact, that's what we're, <laughs> this that's what we're doing this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's good. I mean, I, that was, I always tried to find the strongest singers I could possibly find because my background, even before I played any instrument, was in, in voice and in vocals. Hmm. So vocals are extremely important. And most musicians, I think it's easy to forget that that's the one thing. It's the most important thing of all because that's the people who aren't musicians. That's the one thing they can relate to. Right. Because everyone, that's barring true. those who have injured their voices, have a voice. Right. And they talk with it. They might not even be a good singer, but you know, they're the people who are going to be singing your songs That's in the right. shower, which are the same people who are going to be plunking down their money to buy your album right. and come to your shows. Mm-hmm. So you know, those vocals and spending time working on that is so, so very it's important. It's funny because like the, the two of us, Amanda and I remember when we were first starting... And I remember thinking, gosh, what can our sound be? You know, maybe it's the Rickenbacker 12 string, you know, like the birds or something. And then quickly we realized that as we're playing these recordings back, the sound is the vocal. Our sound is our three-part harmony vocal. That is what we are. And, And so now it's the emphasis all the time in songwriting and everything. Yeah. Are there any acapella parts on the album anywhere? Or do you do that live? No, there are. There are yeah. in little bits and it's pieces. Like breakdown pieces. We haven't done a straight acapella. Well, no, yeah. no, just like sections. Yet, right? yes. Acapella yeah. sections. In that Dead would, Reckoning, there's a That's acapella. a goal of mine. I would all like I said, I always wanted to find the strongest possible singers, but then, you know, it's it's kind of like you there's a proximity effect in terms of finding musicians. Like you 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 know, there's the people you want and then the people you get. And you you might they might bring other things to the table. You know, and they bring really great guitar playing, or they're really great, uh, or they're like I remember reading once that uh, Steve they tried to kick Steven Tyler out of Aerosmith at one point, but they <laughs> couldn't because he was a terrible singer. But they couldn't because he owned the PA system. Oh so it's God. like everybody Perfect. brings something to the table, and sometimes yeah. you you know you make adjustments here, you make you know allotments there for keeping people around. Anyway, we're talking <laughs> a lot about music. Let's um, let's play a little bit of music. What's this next song going to be? We've got about enough time for about two more real fast here. What's this one going to be? Never Really Gone. Never Really Gone. Tell me just a little bit about this. Who wrote it? This is the one that's done in three-part harmony all the way through. And we, we wrote this as, as a band. And um, it's, uh, hmm, it's really an ode to your mentors, to your teachers, uh, the, the people who have taught you in life. And you take that with you. Those teachings and their words stay with you through you know through your journey even after they've left they might have physically left they might have moved they're not in your life anymore but they're still with you and your actions and yeah i like that when you're young you think everything is going to be like it is right now right and then you get to get a few years and you start to realize people will kind of come in and go out and i've got certain friends i call them comet friends (laughs) it's like they come close to the center of my solar system like for a little bit and then they go way back out right and they don't come back for like five years but then the funny thing is, right when they get back, sometimes they're like right there again. They're yeah. so close, and they're like, right, you just pick up where you left off. Yeah. Anyway, it's a beautiful Comet thing. Comet friends, that's neat. Comet friends. Anyway, that's going to be one of my songs. Yeah, you, I said it first. <laughs> uh, we'll write it together. How about that? All right, All right, so Calico the Band with the song Never Really Gone on Independence Day. Tell me yeah. 
Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. Drop by www.indepthday.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash indepthday. We've got a lot of really great artists there, and I'm very, very happy to add Calico, the band, to their legion. They are three very, very talented individuals. They happen to be women, and uh, they've got a brand new record. It just dropped yesterday, their CD release party or album release party. I'm so used to calling it a CD release party. Right. Their album release party is the night after tomorrow at Hotel Cafe, and there's some really other great bands on the bill that night. You've got Shooter Jennings, Jonathan Tyler, and Rod Melanson, who is a friend of mine and also was featured on this show earlier this year. And uh, let's talk just a little bit about, like, it's almost impossible. To, I, I, I hesitate to bring this up, but you're women. You're a band of all women. Do you? It's 2014. Do you still face 
things when you go out on the road where it's like, oh, it's a chick band. <laughs> or Please. when you play shows. Or do you, I mean, do you get that even here? I mean, it's like we want to think as a society, think we're very forward. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, I don't think we're as forward we're as not. we think we are. No. We've, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Aubrey. Oh, this is Aubrey. And I could, I could definitely speak to this, I'm sure, as well as the other gals. But, you know, it's, it's a funny dynamic because being a musician in other bands for so long, I mainly worked with probably, you know, 95 or more percent men for the last, you know, eight years until recently getting involved in more projects with women, which has been really fun and rewarding. But when, when you do go out on the road or even just to a local gig, you do find that music, the end as an industry is still very just male dominated. Yeah. Not necessarily for discriminatory reasons, but just paths in life. And <laughs> there just seems to be assumptions that get made that like you, that you don't know what certain gear is or, um, what an XLR cable is, or just, you know, things you just find that they'll just assume that you don't know how to do anything but sing or to set up your own gear. So, and, you know, it's not like it's an insult or not always an insult, but it happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we show up to, you know, it's just a... We're using fancy words, smorgasbord, yeah. <laughs> a smorgasbord of different venues on tour. So we can show up and there'll be like a half broken PA or pieces of things, you know, that you have to be, have an engineer's kind of mind right. to figure out. And, and it's funny because the, any men that are around us just kind of, they, they just don't think we're going to be able to accomplish right. what we need to figure out to make things work. You know, but it's a shame because, I mean, honestly, it's, you're going to love this. I, th- I think you like, I think women are smarter than men. I, tr- I think that, I mean, we each bring something to the table. We each have the things that we're like better at or worse at. But I came up with something the other day, which is like, I mean, I'm never surprised when a woman can do something better than a man because they've been watching men screw it up for like 4,000 years. Right. So now when they yeah. get, you know, when they get the chance to do something, it's like they've watched the men screw, just bumble and start wars and, and do crazy things and, and. So there, here's their opportunity, you know, take the reins and yeah. go. Like, I love it when, you know, I'm not just completely passive, but like, I want my relationships to be equal and I want that feminine energy in my world. I feel right. like we need that. We do. We need yeah. both though, because yeah. it's so funny. I, it's cursed in here, but, um, it's funny that you say that because men are so much stronger than we are physically. So, you know, they're, they're always, it seems to me, this is just my observation that they're the ones that are out there trying to like kind of force things into, into place. And we have found just by our, you know, our, we're, we're weaker. We just don't have the physical strength that we have to find more creative ways around things. And that's what I always notice. It's like, well, here's an easier way or a, or a more clever way or something. That's, that's what I've found, especially (laughs) in, because we have to be, you know, we have to be, um, I'm not trying to say, comp- you know, competing, but I'm trying to say, I guess the word is, we have to... On par, relevant. Yeah, like, we have to, you know, we have to have, I don't know, we just have to be as good as. Yeah. And we have yeah. to find another way to do that. And in some ways, so many in some ways you have to be better because there's a certain yeah. amount of proving yourself that has mm-hmm. to be done, which sucks. It there does. is even just your your accomplishment on your own instrument. Yeah. People will really look at you. They'll good really, for a girl. Good for a girl. You yeah. play guitar really well for a girl. I know. Oh. And yeah. you're just like... Yeah. You smell good for a dude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You guys <laughs> play all those instruments? Yeah. 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 You, you, you conjugate verbs well for a man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think we need funny. both kinds. There's two. There are different kinds yeah. of intelligence. Yeah. So we need them both. And... 
Yeah. And they're always really helpful. Like I find men in general, they really want to help. And sometimes that'll look like you don't know what you're doing. And you're like, but wait, I really do. I think think there are more women doing music now. I'm seeing more female bands now than I ever saw when I was coming up. It was like there, there were hardly any women around doing it and Cheryl Crow. Yeah, you had like Cheryl Heart. Crow. Yeah, like traditionally Heart. you had Heart was yeah. like the first band and then you had like, was it the Runaways? Hmm. Yeah. There and then the you had, way. and because that spawned and there were like the Go-Go's but they were like, mm-hmm. they almost think, it's kind of like, they always got the asterisk though. That's what I'm talking right. about. The and shtick. that's, and that's yeah. the thing. It's like, oh, it's a chick It's a yeah, exactly. kind of thing. It's a and thing. that does still happen with us. So it's a People dude do band. still, oh, the gr- yeah. that girl group, yeah. you know, and uh, there was a record company, a sizable record company who we were, you know, looking at and they were looking at us and they said, we already have a girl band. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, but you have 25 guy bands. Guy bands. Boy <laughs> bands. ever says to a guy band, sorry, we've got too many guy bands. On this label, you know, we're just we were horrified, and we're like, "That's crazy!" But they said, "Well, people will be confused with marketing. They'll just get confused between both of your bands." So, is it that girl band or is it that girl band? I just yeah, is that the is that the girl band with three girls or the girl band with four girls or the two girls or how many girls? Is that one with the redhead? Is it who who are these girls? And then people tell us about every other girl band. Oh. have yeah. you guys heard seen the Trishas? Have you guys girl? seen the, you know, yeah. they throw them all out. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we've mostly heard of them, but they're have like, you, heard of, yeah. you might yeah. know who these bands are because you're women. Yeah. It's really funny. I feel, well, I feel like the asterisk, even in halfway through 2014, looms large. It does. You know, and I, I wish it wasn't that way, but, you know, you must find creative ways around it. You and, know, humor. I, and humor. And humor. Yeah. yeah. I think the next generation will start to change that. I just have this idea in my mind that there will be more and more women doing this so. and then it just won't be such a oddity. Yeah. Have you heard uh, St. Vincent? No. She's fantastic. Yeah. It's not yeah. a style that I would normally kind of be drawn to. It's a little stranger and a little poppier. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on Saturday Night Live in the springtime oh. mm-hmm. and she caused a big ruckus because she had like weird choreography just with her. She would do these arm motions yeah, while she was singing. I remember that. But yes, the thing was, I like, I remember her. at the time it caused a big buzz on Facebook because everybody was like, who is this crazy chick doing those crazy things? And right. she's got crazy hair and makeup right. and stuff. Because that's, that's not. That's normal. Like we see that everywhere right. with the Lady Gagas and the Madonnas mm-hmm. of the world. People acting out with their their look. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the thing with her, I'm not, not not saying that Madonna, Madonna is a terrible musician, but Saint Vincent is an incredible musician and an extremely accomplished guitar player. Mm-hmm. So like below that stuff, I, it was fantastic. It was it was completely. I was enraptured by this because here was this person that was like the total package. It was someone who was very visual, like the Peter Gabriel crazy, you know, outfits and things, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. David Byrne style. But then she was her songs were incredible inventive and she was playing incredibly inventive guitar parts which were fresh and different and new and I, I mean it's way way like my friend I told him I liked her and she's like oh man that's not Joe Armstrong music at all I'm like well I, you know I kind of okay. I kind of resent that yeah you know I like a lot of different things for a lot of different reasons and I think I think everyone should check out St. Vincent and they should check out Calico the band <laughs> that's right <laughs> you guys are fantastic I really do love what you do I mean to oh, see someone you. doing something with a focus on like three vocals like that and three unique distinct personalities who then uh, you know have the courage to blend them together to make something a whole that's bigger than the parts I think exactly. that's a really fantastic thing and let's hear that one last time before we have to cut on out of here we've got one more song what's this going to be ladies Oh, this is Runaway Cowgirl, our Bakersfield love story. All right. Yeah, my grandfather was born in Bakersfield. So there's a little tie tying it all together. There you go. All right, Calico the band on Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> 
One, two, three, four. She said she'd never fall in love Cause maybe it hurt too much Daddy never stuck Mama never had enough Ginger's just a working girl Waiting on a dirty town Filling up a lonely glass Just can't take another round Roses grow in the rain Danny is a highwayman Hugging on his steering wheel From Memphis to the Redwood Coast Topping off in Bakersfield He looks across the barroom crowd Sees her in a simple dress Ginger likes his wandering eyes Lord knows he could use a friend Take the reins, hold on.
one final and blessed time, Calico the band. Love what you do. It's so very nice. And I hope everyone goes out to the Hotel Cafe the night after tomorrow. That is uh, September the... God, I wrote it down. Where is it on all these papers here? Fifth. Friday, September 5th, Hotel Cafe with Shooter Jennings, Jonathan Tyler, and Rod Malonson. Love that guy. I love to say his name. I love yeah. the way you say it. You know, God. my favorite thing... Well, I went over that with him for like, for like 10 minutes. Like, dude, yeah, say your you name. have to. Say it again. Yeah. Say it again. Say it again. Because it's important. When yeah. you're just using words, there's no visuals. It's important to know this. Right. You know, and he's he's resigned himself to Malang. Malang. Melancon. He's resigned yeah. himself to Melancon. Yeah, right. But yeah. he's like, look, if you get it right, that's cool. You know, right. and it's it's important to me. I think it's a good thing. And his, his record's good, too. My favorite thing with him, I do anything to make that little bastard smile. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so, I love him so much, but he's so dour. It's like, come on, man. Lighten up. You're like he's 25 dour. and beautiful. And you write great. Songs. What could be so bad? Anyway, so uh, Calico the band, they're doing their CD album. Here we go. Album release party, uh, September 5th, night after tomorrow. Their record just dropped uh, yesterday. That is Rancho California, available in stores and all over the interwebs. They've got a whole tour coming up. So if you find yourself in Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, uh, back here in Pasadena in mid October, or up in Oregon in November, uh, there's a whole slew of uh, dates on their site, which is calicotheband.com. Drop by there and pick up and. Uh, Go see them play. Buy their music. Okay, so, right. ladies, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, that so thanks fun. to Calico the band, also to the Independence Day staff, Valentina Rivera, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The astute Tony Tonelope Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Independence Day's theme was composed by the amazing Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, as always, I am Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.